Good to be with you this morning. Still yet another rainy day outside. It looks to be today. I haven't really looked at the weather forecast to see what it's supposed to be this entire week. Uh, but it will be what it will be. And uh, uh, we will take it. We will absolutely take it. And uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 3 today. So those of you that maybe follow along in your own Bibles, uh, we will be um, uh, we'll be in Acts chapter three, uh, perhaps working our way through this entire chapter. I'm not sure. I mean, this the book of Acts raises for us some interesting questions about uh, about things, and uh, sometimes we we have rather uh, rather for uh, strong opinions about things and. Uh, 
we kind of box things into our theology. I've been talking about that, and I, I probably have uh, scholarly friends, some on some sides of the aisle, that would be uh, speak disparagingly that I would even say something like that, but it's the truth, and uh, I'm going to speak the truth. Uh, we, we do tend to put things into the box. If it doesn't fit into our box, then then, uh, you know, we, we have to make it something else. And Acts is going to create some struggle for us. This is going to be one of those chapters, uh, as we get into it, that will create some struggle uh, in, in some questions for us. And I'll ask some questions, and, and I will seek to try to give some answer to, uh, to the questions uh, that, that maybe surface as we get into this chapter here this morning. So let me just get us in there and... Uh, uh, we'll get going. It says, uh, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, again, just want to mention to you again that uh, I've had the experience having been over in other parts of the world now um, and and seeing that the practices of, of the Muslim people, and they had regular hours when they were supposed to to show up for prayer. And so the fact that they could identify and say three in the afternoon is at the time of prayer. Uh, they had regular times of prayer to which they went uh, in the Jewish practice as well as what we see in the Muslim practice. So to think of a time of prayer. Now for us, Wednesday morning at 9.30 is a time of prayer. I mean, Muslim people do it, do it five times a day. Uh, every day and uh you know sometimes we struggle to to make it work uh for part of it for for a little bit of a, a day just one day a week and perhaps we need to offer a few other prayer times during the week which that will happen um but just a challenge uh, coming out of this verse here that it was at the time of prayer acts chapter 3 verse 1 uh, at 3 in the afternoon a time of prayer uh, one of the things that for our that our leadership is looking at and talking about and discussing is when are we going to add that extra time? Uh, it needs to happen. It needs to happen soon. Uh, there are other things that we do that that uh, are good things, but the most pressing thing that I think we need to get onto our calendar is uh, uh, more times of corporate prayer. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple, the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now. A man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, uh, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of the Lord, uh, in the name of the Lord, right again, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, began to walk, and he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple, a gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, I mean, praise God for this. This is a wonderful thing. This is an exciting thing to, 
to read about what's happened. And yet, there will be those who would be skeptics, and we will see through the book of Acts that there are those who will be skeptics and mockers, and who gave you this right, and where did this power come from, and all of these things, questions uh, that will be asked. What I would say to you, if you are the person who received the miracle, if you are the people who, if you are the person who experienced uh, the healing, would you not be praising God? And I'm thinking, I, I, I sat last night and visited with our dear friend Todd and Anna and Lorna, and, you know, just to think about their circumstance and their situation. Uh, we pray for our dear brother. We do. Um, and his wife and sister as, as they go down this road toward this surgery. Um, but enough said, we, we pray for them. Uh, don't want to labor on, on that. But... For God to do something miraculous, why would we not pray for that? Why would we not seek that? Why would we not long for that? Uh, we should be. We should be praying for them. We should be seeking. But then, then what happens is when it happens, we're surprised. Uh, now, certainly God will do what God wants to do in his will. Uh, we we are surrendered to the sovereignty of God. Sorry about the extra noise in the background. I, I did not put the dog gate up today, and I have extra noise here in my little corner of the house. Um, but this man's situation, let's just consider it. Let's look at it. There was a crippled man from birth. being He was from birth. Guys never walked. He was carried to the temple gate. Now, this this is not to be confused with the one back in the, the Gospels. Uh, perhaps Peter and John had had uh, been witness to what happened in, in the Gospels. Just a second. I, I'm going to put it on pause for a second. I got to put the gate up, or this is going to be uh, not fun. The problems of uh, sometimes these live, live things that we're doing. Man's crippled from birth. Uh, Jesus had performed a similar miracle uh, back at the pool of Siloam. Uh, the disciples probably had seen that. Uh, Peter and John had seen that. They're walking by, and it's, it's almost a deja vu type situation here that we're looking at. And uh, now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he's put every day to beg from those. His whole thing was just to get some money. That's all he wanted, what, what we might call some little money or some small money, uh, as I learned from uh, my friend Joseph over in South Sudan, some little money. That's what he's looking for, some little money, something to buy a little bit of food, buy a little something for himself. Because when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for money. Now, you ever have that situation? I have that situation in increasing measure right now where I have people uh, globally reaching out. We need money for this. We need money for that. And, and this reminds me of what response I need to give. Look, I, I'm not in the, in the money business. Um, I am not in, in a place just because I'm in America. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that I'm a stream of money. 
again. I'm certainly not a stream of money. Trust me. And uh, what answer can I give? I can pray. What answer can I give? Same thing that Peter said. It says Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Peter said, look at us. So the man gave his attention, expecting to get something. He said, silver or gold have uh, I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Now, we may not be in a situation where we tell somebody to get up and walk, but we might be in a situation where we can say, look, I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of means. I can pray for you. Uh, I can do that. And this this is the type of answer that I am learning to, to need to give. Otherwise, I'm all the time going to be asking other people for money because I don't have it. Uh, and and then to be, I need to be selective in what situations that, that I can invest in or that I would invite others to invest in as well. It really needs to come in along um, those who are expanding the mission, expanding the gospel uh, uh, that, that's where resources can go, and certainly there are needs. There, there are needs for food for people. Children have needs around the world. There's all kinds of needs. More needs than we can possibly meet. Our hearts can could just, I mean, we could be everything from moved to compassion to anger, why are so many needs, or feeling depleted ourselves. And We, we need to learn to, um, to meter out what we're able to do. And... Uh, That might be the answer you need to give to people sometimes. Look, I, I just don't, I don't have it. That, that's not what we do, and, uh, and, and that's a response that, that I'm learning to give. That's not part of what we do. We, we're, we're not a money organization. We're not a lending organization. It's not to say that we, from time to time, uh, won't do those things. Either as the church, we're not that, um, or as concentric, we're not that. The Bible college, we're not that. Uh, we're, not, we're not a money organization. We're a ministry organization, and we, we care for people's spiritual needs uh, as best we can. And sometimes we will, along the way, care for uh, people's physical needs. But for us at Veracity Chapel, that will begin inside the body of Christ. That's our starting point. And, uh, you know, if, if there are resources to help outside the body of Christ meet those needs, we will do that. Some people say, what about the witness and meeting all those needs? Well, how about let's just start preaching the gospel first? How about let's just start sharing Christ first? Uh, and what we what we've got all backwards. We we've got to we've got to give people stuff so that they'll want to believe. No, let's give them the message and help them to believe. Then maybe they'll see God do some work. I think of a couple one time that uh, you know, uh, and they had become believers. They had the resources they need, but they were uh, spending them foolishly on beer and cigarettes. I mean, they were young Christians, and I sat with them, and I said to them, you know, as I've sat here in your home for the last hour, uh, I've noted how many cigarettes you smoked. I've noted, you know, how many beers this, you, you have had to drink. And uh, and I've kind of done the math in my head, and I figure you have the resources that you need for the problem you're talking to me about. They had a problem of about $700 a month they were lacking. They were spending that in beer and cigarettes. Problem solved. Didn't need me to give them money. Didn't need the church to give them money. They needed to, to take, some, take some corrective action on their part. Uh, I didn't need to give them money. However, in this instance, Peter gave him something even better. 
when he told him, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, here's a question for you. Have you ever done that with somebody? Have you ever been next to somebody that maybe is a cripple and you tell them, rise up and walk, and it doesn't happen? What's up with that? Why doesn't that happen? See, this is where the rub comes in our day. Uh, and, and I've talked about apostles along the way and, and what I would interpret as a modern implication and application of apostleship as being those who, who are movement makers for the kingdom of God in that sense, apostolic. But there's also, I believe, a narrow definition of those who are apostolic, and that's that, that's those who literally, physically walked with Jesus or who were within that first century around the time of Jesus, like the Apostle Paul. I mean, Paul was not even one of the disciples when Jesus was on earth, and yet he is called an apostle. So those who, who limit... Um, apostleship to only those who who walked with Jesus on the earth. What about the Apostle Paul? Now, the answer might be, well, the Apostle Paul uh, did see Jesus in uh, Acts chapter 9 at his conversion on the road to Damascus, and so in that sense he saw him. But 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 there are those who, who limit apostleship only to those who had done ministry with Jesus, that original 12. What about Matthias? Now, it's believed that Matthias, that we studied back in Acts chapter 1, had been a part of that disciple, a number of disciples who walked with Jesus, and perhaps it's believed that, that he was one who had been a part of a great majority of Jesus' three years of ministry. Um, but there were others. There were others that, that uh, were not uh, among that throng that perhaps became believers a little bit later, who were recognized as being apostles, who did miraculous signs. And the, the question, the rub, the, the challenge comes, and yes, we can give our very quick answers to it, but that quick answer doesn't always satisfy the conversation, frankly. And uh, I, I'm not trying to push for us to be people who think that we should be miracle workers. I don't think that. Um, but on the other side of the equation, I, I think that uh, God does do things. In fact, I, I will, it's probably going to have to bleed over into day two, uh, share with you some insights from a little research that I was doing, just, just answers to this. And, and yes, I agree with what Clara said. I mean, the, the point of God's miracles is always his glory. And that perhaps is the reason, and even Jesus had the issue, there were people who wanted to follow him simply because of the miracles. They wanted the miracles. They wanted the money. Uh, they, they wanted to know that, you know, whatever they asked for, Jesus was just going to do it for them. And James got wise to that. In James chapter 4, we said that a lot of times we don't have answers to our prayers because we're praying for things to heap upon our own indulgences. And that book, James chapter 4, you can go read that first 10 verses of uh, James 4, and, and you'll find it right there. We we want to spend it on our pleasures is the way that some will interpret it. So what about the miracles? In this instance, we know that Peter and John had definitively been given this power uh, because they were sent out by Jesus. They were part of that group that was sent out by twos, by Jesus, uh, and uh, were given that power to uh, cast out demons, to perform miracles. So we don't question the fact that 
that here we see these these two apostles having this ability. We don't question that. The question begins to come into what about in our day? I mean, we we prayed uh, the last few days for Anthony and Simone, Lydia, and uh, and their their family, their all their kids, and uh, you know, you, you could be Anthony and say, well, where's where's my miracle? But yet, what might God be doing in your own lives as a result of what you're going through, or even in other people's lives? You know, and, and I've referenced Todd this morning, and uh, I mean, their prayer is in the midst of all of that they're going through, their biggest prayer is that, that they would, he said, I don't want to blow it. I don't want to blow it. I, I want to be a witness for Christ and, and give every opportunity I can to, to speak for my Savior in that way. Sometimes that's why God will allow these things uh, for the benefit of other people. We don't know the outcome. We don't know what's going to happen. We know what we're praying. But what if God says no? I mean, so there's the other side of it. For those in our midst who are our morning listeners that would say, absolutely, he does those miracles just like he did then. Okay. But then there are those who would say that God never does those miracles like he did in that day. I I want to say I don't I don't think that either one are correct. I do think that God does miracles in our day. I do think personally that God gives some people an ability to to uniquely be able to pray for people, uh, and and often there is healing. Maybe not all the time. Often there is healing. I believe the legitimate ones don't make it a circus. I believe the legitimate ones don't make it a sideshow. I, I believe the legitimate ones uh, aren't calling attention to to that. That's what I believe. Uh, I People within our own church that I, I know uh, have prayed for, for other people and on a regular basis, God has moved in, in substantial fashion. I believe that God has given some people uh, an incredible faith uh, beyond what others have the ability to to believe and to trust. I believe that perhaps God does still meter out in very limited fashion. Uh, some of uh, uh, some of these other gifts. I, I'm not going to rule them out. I, I I will not put myself in in the camp of the dispensationalist that says they've all ceased. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I have seen too much. I've talked to too many people. Uh, but what I can say, and this is an agreement with with one of the comments here, is that that the true ones, it's always about the message of Christ. It's always about the gospel. It's always about being right with Christ. Uh, and and even as Jesus did, often when he healed people, it was now go and sin no more, uh, not it, and not the sideshow that sometimes it becomes. I, I don't know if I'm going to get into this other bit. I've got a whole page of uh, some research that that I I would like to share. Let me just take us back into the text here for the moment. Notice what it said in verse six. Peter didn't say, hey, I've got a healing ability, get up and walk. He said, no, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Whatever we do, whatever we believe, whichever side of the aisle you might be on, and, and we have those in our morning listening audience uh, who uh, you know, are, are strong believers in the miraculous and, and in the charismatic gifts, and there are those who are absolutely not. I'm going to challenge every one of you. We've got to love each other. We've got to love each other because, you know what, if you have your position on the issue but cannot demonstrate love to somebody 
because the Bible isn't as abundantly clear on the issue as maybe we, as you might think it is. If you cannot love your brother or sister who believes differently, then and I just want to suggest to you. No, I'm not going to suggest. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to admonish you. You need to live in the love of Christ for believers who maybe have a different position on things than you do. That's one of the problems in the church that people have noted for the last hundred years in America or longer is the fact that we, we in all these denominations and church groups to start because we believe one thing slightly different than, than, than other people, and well, we're going to start because we're the only ones that have it right. Come on now. That's just uh, the Lord and his family are bigger than that. I believe that. I'm sorry if I offend you, but it's the truth. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's where this preacher will stand. Uh, I'm not looking for the miraculous. I, I, you know, I don't think I, it's not something that we're we're going to promote. It's it's not something that you know we're going to have a healing service because I don't see healing services in the Bible. What I do see in the Bible, though, is prayer. And uh, you go to James, the fifth chapter, and it talks about if anybody in the church is sick, they should call on the elders of the church to pray for him that he may be healed. That's what we're told to do. I do believe in that, that we should trust God, that we should bring the needs, we should bring the burdens. I do believe that, but it's always in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as we have read, and it's always to the glory of God. Uh, if if we have some ability, you know what? The same is true with a preacher. I sit here on uh, Monday through Friday and blather on in ways that I think is actually, usually, I mean, it's not perfect, but I do think it, it can be helpful to people, um, honestly helpful to people in their spiritual walk and their growth. Uh, but if I make it all about me, uh, and this is one of the, the struggles that they sometimes have with, with you know, self-promotion and, and, and promoting self so much, I struggle with that. And, uh, Yet I look at people and go, well, they've got a great podcast, so they have really had to promote themselves, or all the books they really had to promote themselves. You know, if there's going to be promotion, let God let for me, in my case, let God set it all up and just make it happen. because uh, I want Him to get the glory, and I don't want things going to my head, and I'm sinful and marred enough as it is. Back to the text. He told him to walk, verse 7, taking by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, began to walk, and he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Uh, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Now, Peter is going to take this situation where the people were filled with wonder and amazement and make it an opportunity to preach the gospel. That's where it always needs to head, in my opinion. It always needs to come back to Jesus. It always needs to come back to the preaching of the gospel. Uh, and so tomorrow we will pick up in Acts uh, chapter 3 again uh, and We'll continue on in this narrative of what happens. Uh, the miracle happened, but the miracle was for the message. The miracle was for, for this man to uh, to not only experience physical healing, but spiritual awakening. 
the miracle happened perhaps even to substantiate that Peter and John, these apostles, had the authority of Jesus. Now, one question that will come up is, could it be that, that this sense of apostolic gifting uh, in, in, in the measure poured out on people like John and, and Peter uh, was only in the first century? Could be that it was only in the first century, those that were alive and, and present around the time of Jesus. It could be uh, that way. We're going we're to wrestle with this a little bit more tomorrow. I'm going to stop there for today. It's uh, almost 6.30. I did. I thought I'll get through the entire chapter, but no, who am I kidding? Uh, wrestle with these things, friends. Wrestle with, with what the Lord would do in your life, through your life, how he's working. You know, uh, I look at some of the needs in the group that is here, and I think some of us could go, well, you know, I've prayed and prayed and prayed, and I haven't seen. And I've seen some of your posts in the last few weeks uh, occasionally, and the struggles that are there. Uh, how does this all meter out in our day, in our age? Bottom line is, whichever position you take, I believe God is calling us all to trust in him and to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and to the live and to live for the glory of Christ. Lord, help us toward that end today. Help us to wrestle with these things that are harder to understand. Help us to even wrestle with our own positions on some of these issues that we might be the, the children of God that you want us to be, wonderful witnesses of Christ. Whether, whether we believe strongly in the miraculous or we don't, Lord, may people see the love of Christ among your people. For the glory of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. Have a great day, everyone. I will see you tomorrow.